We live inside a dream. You got me hotter than Georgia asphalt. Hello, and welcome to uh, Stan and Dave Need Wedding Dates uh, with your two favorite wimps who like Kubrick and Lynch. My name is Eric Keppel. And my name is Jeremy Schmidt. Yes, Eric, that was funnier the second time. You know, we, we had a false start, Jeremy. We had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, long story short, uh, a man came up to me with a knife, and I had to kick his ass. Yeah, very good. beat his head into the into the floor Jeez, yeah. and then uh smoke a smoke a cigarette very menacingly there, there is so many cigarettes that happen in this film i gotta say i am an ex-smoker and this made me this was, this was a very uh it made me glad i chose the path i chose which was to quit smoking this, let, this let gave me, me ask headaches. you something let me ask you because where you, this is an ex-smoker talking to an ex-smoker here and yeah. uh so, uh, 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 comedian Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, P. Tom. I don't know if you saw this. I it did was, see it was it, making the yeah. rounds on Twitter, and uh, he said, This is, I'm going to read it verbatim. He Great. said, <laughs> If no characters smoke cigarettes in movies and TV today, you would not miss it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be like, Hey, shouldn't that cop be smoking? Even in a period piece, it's it'd be a while before you noticed, if at all. It would also eliminate a good. T- continuity distraction on set mm-hmm. what do you think of that i don't know what he's talking about <laughs> why would he why would he say that <laughs> i don't know what he's talking about either yeah. i think as someone who uh doesn't smoke anymore i fucking love watching someone smoke a cigarette on a, on yeah. a, a tv show or a movie if it's like done very well like i can't i can't imagine watching like uh what did jack do right that that whole like David Lynch smoking in that is like a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like most of the plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it's don't a know punchline what, to a joke. I don't know what P. Tom is talking about, but um, you know, I uh, I know Paul personally, and so if I had to guess, you know, we were at this uh, swanky Hollywood party downtown once, and he I remember he was telling me a story. It was about. Something about how his uh, mother was uh, pancaked to death by a cigarette truck or something. Uh, that could have something to do with it. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it, it might be something to do with the fact that his mom was pancaked to death by a cigarette truck. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, it sounds like it sounds insane to me. I, I will say that in this film, they smoke a lot of cigarettes and it kind of gave me a headache watching it. I know what it's like to smoke that many cigarettes and it doesn't make you feel more and more relaxed. It kind of just makes you feel more and more sick. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well I did read, uh, I, I can't remember if this was in room to dream or not, but I, I, I did hear that there was a scene where Laura Dern passed out from smoking too many cigarettes. Yes. That's in the trivia on AMDB. There's a little bit, a okay. little bit of that in there. But, uh, Eric, when we, when we had our false start earlier, you were talking about how you're, uh, Hey, you're basically you're glad we're not covering Lolita again, and I wanted yeah. to, I want <laughs> I want to share this little aftermath of that episode. Um, 
which is my girlfriend texted me and she was like, Hey, a row is a fight. You fucking idiots. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Oh, she's listening to the episode right now. The part where we don't know what a row means, which is to fight apparently. Um, okay. So that was confirmed. Apparently it's like, a it's a popular term in the UK, but a, a row means a to row. fight. Yeah. I, I, I can tell okay. you, you have no idea what I'm even referencing right now. I think I remember <laughs> we were like reading from the Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel <laughs> great, like she had, <laughs> she had an invested interest in listening to that episode since we talked a lot about it the night before. And, uh, she liked oh, yeah. it, Eric. So I okay, we got good. The, we got the pass. We got the the pass from at least I, one one uh, one lady out there. I do feel like I'm like I'm glad that it's out there. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that anyone now can just go and be like, I wonder what this guy's thoughts are on Lolita, <laughs> uh, and can find that. But uh, I gotta say, it was like I don't know. It was like it. It like emotionally. Dr- I'm not like used to having serious discussions <laughs> about stuff like that, uh, especially on microphone. Uh, so yeah. if you listen to that episode, thanks for getting through it. It sounds like people enjoyed it uh, as much as one could. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think I mean it's you know it's 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 important for us to talk about every uh, Stanley Kubrick film if we're really gonna do his. If we're really going to do this right. So, uh, yeah. Right. But that being said, we're back on the Lynch, baby. The Lynch man. Ooh, And uh, we're covering 1990s Wild at Heart. Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, starring in the titular Wild at Heart. And Eric, I'm happy to report back. Uh, nothing uh, controversial or... Uh, or cancelable happens in this film at all. So we won't have to talk about anything serious. Uh, oh, right. I, yeah. I am, of course, uh, kidding a lot because this film yeah. is full of uh, incredibly <laughs> what would you what would you what would you call some of the some of the scenes, behavior, and words that are shared in this film? Uh, Willem Dafoe uh, molesting <laughs> someone? Yeah. Or um or Nicolas Cage dropping a hard F f word and i'm not talking about fuck oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> uh or just the optics of him uh bashing an african-american man's head into the floor over and in over and over in the first scene, scene of the movie <laughs> yeah. yeah uh you know I what 1990 say, was a different time <laughs> i gotta say i've watched this i've seen this movie a couple times and uh this is the first time I've seen it sort of like in the light of like in the middle of doing like a Twin Peaks rewatch. Mm. And it was like so cool to see uh fucking, uh, 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 well, we see a lot of people. We see, you know, Sherilyn Fenn. We see yeah. Cheryl Lee. Uh, awesome to see Isabella Rossellini again. Yes. Uh, Grace Zabriskie. Yes. I mean, it's, it, it, it was truly a treat. It was so, uh, it was so great. Oh my God. Um, the cameos I, in this film. It's like a, uh, oh it's yeah. like a Judd Apatow movie. Just so many cameos. I cannot <laughs> stop thinking about, uh, the fucking, this might be my favorite scene in a movie. Just my, I could watch this on a loop forever is Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I can't remember if he's smoking a cigarette, but just driving frantically to "Baby, Please Don't Go" by yeah. Van Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, badass. it's it's beautiful. Yeah, he's always there. Oh, everyone's driving to some cool song in this film. Oh yeah, yeah, and everyone's smoking chain smoking cigarettes. I mean, literally every character chain smokes. I think. 
this is a cra- this is a wild movie, Eric. I'm sure we have lots to talk about, but before that, we probably want to plug the Patreon. We got to plug the Patreon. And even more importantly, Jeremy, uh, we got a we have a shout out to do and uh, you know, of course I don't have the name uh, immediately handy, but it is uh, Brian. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a we have a new patron. Uh, his name is Brian. Uh, let's get that last name. Let's dox this guy. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and address if you can. If you can, Brian uh, Brian A. Gonzalez. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. He's doing the five dollar tier for five dollars a month. All you have to do is pay five dollars a month. You get uh, weekly, almost weekly bonus episodes. You get a shout out on the show, uh, and I've said it before. Uh, our our patrons, they're very. They if you're a patron, you can uh, essentially bully us into doing episodes on whatever whatever you want. Yes, uh, for the most part, and we encourage that kind of behavior. Yeah, kick our ass. Yeah, kick if you see us in it, it, out in the out in the outdoors, kick our ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you find me walking yeah, down the street do in my snakeskin leather jacket, kick my ass. Yeah, which is, of course, a symbol of your individuality. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Wilded, have you seen this movie before, Jeremy? Yeah, I actually have. I watched it in college when I was on my big, um, you know, David Lynch kick. I was watching yeah. this. I was watching Inland Empire. I was watching... Mulholland Drive a bunch of times in a row. Uh, you know, I this was one of the many films I would check out. Lost Highway. I think I, I think I did most of Lynch in college. Yeah. Um, yes, I went through. A, of course, you got to go through a David Lynch phase in college. I don't think I watched Wild at Heart during that. I, I saw Wild at Heart like later on. I think. Um, and this was the, like the first time. Uh, you know, I actually. Full disclosure, I think I mentioned this on the episode, um, on our last episode. Something I've always wanted to do, especially when I watch this movie, is like watch fucking The Wizard of Oz first. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see, you know, just, you know, is, uh, obviously there's like a lot of uh, 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 influence, it's influenced this film and David Lynch's other work quite a bit. Um, so I watched The Wizard of Oz. Great movie. If you never heard of it, check it out. Oh Highly yeah, that's why you were watching Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and uh, and I gotta say, watching Wizard of Oz and then watching Wild at Heart was uh, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good experience. I, uh, you know, it's not like you're not uh, you don't like understand anything more than if you ha- wouldn't watch Wizard of Oz. Right. <laughs> Just like having like a general like cursory knowledge of what of like some elements of the wizard of Oz is fine. But, uh, it was kind of interesting to like notice how like, Oh, I guess Nicholas Cage is, I guess sailor is like Toto. (laughs) Sailor is the Toto. And, uh, you know, Laura Dern's mom is the, the, the evil witch or whatever. And, uh, it was interesting. Oh, wait. So Nicholas Cage is supposed to be the dog. Yes. Uh, yeah, because the whole film of Wizard of Oz is Dorothy is like like wants to keep her dog or whatever. Like in the beginning, uh, the evil uh, lady who's like not a witch in real life, but like just some like evil like old hag lady, right. like takes Toto away, um, uh. and then and and then she kind of goes on this like adventure with Toto uh, when they when they reunite. 
Well, um, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess I remember that. I just didn't know. I, I didn't know. How, I, I guess that does make sense then. So my 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 journey with this film and The Wizard of Oz specifically was trying to pick out like what, in what way is this at all like The Wizard of Oz other than they just reference it several times. <laughs> but like, I think it you know what I really mean? is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to, if people out there have theories, I would love to know. Uh, I would, uh, I, I think there's probably like some greater comparison, but for me, uh, it just, it, it just seemed like a lot of uh, mainly what's sort of borrowed from or, uh, influenced by the wizard of Oz is sort of like the, the, the part of the piece of the story. That's like Dorothy, uh, the, her this like evil woman is like trying to keep her away from her, her dog yeah, whatever, yeah. I, I was kind of I was I was guessing that Harry Dean Stanton or Santos one of those two was like the, the like the witches are they, the they have flunky flying monkeys yeah the flying monkeys yeah of yeah, course yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah those are like the yeah the flying the flying monkeys I don't know <laughs> I don't know Bobby who Bobby Peru is yeah though, but I know uh, well because in I mean in the Wizard of Oz they there's the Tin Man the Lion and the Scarecrow and I don't know I don't know who's that who are those people. Yeah, uh, I think that's th- good, I think see, that's the sun is the lion, <laughs> Be- <laughs> okay. because uh, in the end, Nicolas Cage hands him a little stuffed animal lion doll, and then uh, also the kid oh. is like really afraid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So we'll, that's we'll why go I with thought that. that. <laughs> uh, so Wild at Heart, and this is uh, written and directed by David Lynch, of course. We got Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, Diane Ladd, Willem Dafoe, Harry Dean Stanton, Isabella Rossellini. Are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about Mandy here on this show. I think I got a couple of our listeners to okay. actually check out Mandy. Um, oh, great. Yeah, I, it's weird. Nicolas Cage is like one of these like joke actors <laughs> now. Yeah, it's weird. But he's been in some of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, there's this, Adaptation, Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, he has a like murderer's row of amazing... He's worked with amazing people. Some of the... Some some filmmakers I love dearly, like Martin Scorsese, bringing out the dead. Dude, he's so fucking cool in this movie. I can't. I I truly can't get over it. He's like cool and like, uh, like in like a dopey sort of way. I don't know. He's like funny, but also like, fuck. I want to be that guy. That yeah, guy is like cool as hell. He's doing like an insane like heavy metal Elvis impression. Yes. It's like Elvis with a little twinge of power man 5,000. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, 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 he, in real life, he's like obsessed with Elvis. Is that, or am I making that up? I, I mean, sure. Why not? I, think <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. I know that was always the story with Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell was obsessed with Elvis, but I, I'm sure Nicholas Cage was too. I mean, he kind of looks like Elvis. Yeah. Um, I never got around to reading the Barry Gifford novel that this is based on, mainly because I would have done it, but I had to, the only like way to purchase it for me was to, uh, buy like all a bunch of other like Sailor and Lula books. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Really? For some reason, I just like didn't. Yeah. There's like a, like, there's I, like a series know. of these. There is a whole series, yeah. Wow. And uh, on the uh, the Blu-ray uh, special features, Jeremy, there's some interviews with, with Barry Gifford. 
it's funny. There's two different interviews with Barry Gifford that are clearly clearly done like years apart, mm-hmm. and he says the exact same thing in both of them. What like does he, he gives say? The exact <laughs> origin story of like how he was in uh, Cape Fear or whatever at a hotel, and like this idea just like came to him and he like started writing on this tape he like like just like the smallest details of this story it was just like okay this guy just tells this story all the time which is fine right but uh he's he's like uh he seems all right uh he's uh (laughs) he's uh, written uh, seven uh, he's written seven sailor and lula stories oh no it was hard for me to tell like what he really thought of david lynch's uh adaptation like it seemed like he's very grateful for the exposure mm-hmm. but he like made some nods to like the idea that maybe uh lynch made it like way more graphic and like fucked up than he <laughs> than he in- initially intended i don't know so that's I so read. that's where lynch like embellished a little bit was in in some of the making it just more like graphic and sexual maybe or I, violent I guess, yeah yeah because I, so. I will say this film was shockingly both sexual and violent like it, it kind of I, I don't know why i was thrown off guard so much i guess just because this might be the most violent of the films we've watched for this sh- for stan and dave need wedding dates mm-hmm. i think i think it is like graphically you know um yeah yeah it might it might be the most graphic of all david lynch's work do you, do you think that's true the most graphic of david lynch's work i mean willem dafoe blows his own head off with a shotgun like i don't like like lynch and kubrick are both not necessarily super graphic that's not like when they're not yeah. like cronenberg or something I don't know, Jeremy. Neither of us have seen the straight story yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot. There could be a number of heads getting blow. Heads will roll was the tagline of the straight story. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, a straight story. Straight line of blood, I hope. <laughs> uh, Lynch was uh, originally going to produce, but after reading uh, Barry Gifford's book, he decided he also wanted to write and direct the film. Uh he did not like the ending of the novel and decided to change it in order to fit the vision, his vision of the main characters. Uh, Diane Ladd, you know that Diane Ladd is uh, Laura Dern's mother, right? Or no? I did not did know you? that. Yes. This was mother and daughter uh, wow. working together. That's great. Diane Ladd yeah. is awesome in this movie. She owns. Yeah, yeah. she's so good. Uh, yes. And, uh, so Diane Ladd was nominated for best supporting actress, which is crazy. Uh, I keep forgetting that David Lynch's films, they don't ever get super great critical success, but they do get nominated for shit. Like, I think, um, this isn't the, this isn't the only one and it won't be the last like performance in a Lynch film that gets a nomination. I think. No, and 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 people were so this one. What what is it? The Palm Door or something? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I should have this on hand, but it won. It was the thing at Cannes, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking David Lynch got nominated for Best Director for Mulholland Drive. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah. Like we think that. of the Academy Awards as this institution that's very boring. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and like really only rewards like period dramas. But I mean, fuck, like they, they give it up for Lynch 
I feel like as much as is within like the crazy boundaries that the Academy Awards will allow themselves to like they they like uh, when when there's an when there's a nomination that they feel like okay we can give it to Lynch at this point they, they'll do it did you watch the Academy Awards by the way not to take this to a screeching halt but you know what this is the first time in a long time I did not watch any oh of the you Oscars. did not wow no. this was a good one to not miss I'll say that this would this would have been one okay. a good one to watch. Yeah, did you you heard about it right? Like the parasite I heard sweep. About it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was that's great. I, I felt like they. I mean, here's my you know two second hot take on the Academy Awards. I feel like they fucked up all the nominations. I feel like all the nominations were fucked. Like not, I didn't agree with a lot of them. It was a bummer. But then I feel like they made up for it with who they gave awards to what film. Okay, and that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So what else? Uh, I mean, we don't gotta, gotta yeah. go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah. Parasite basically won a lot of stuff. Uh, Taika Waititi won Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit, which was good. Uh, Little Women won Best Costumes, which I felt like okay, okay. I felt like okay with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Joaquin won for the Joker, which was you know I don't I don't think we saw a way out of that. Uh, but Brad Pitt won for Best Supporting Actor, pretty good. And uh, okay. Uh, we had uh, Renee Zellweger win as Judy Garland, which I didn't see that movie. And then Best Supporting Actress went to Laura Dern. So, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Laura yeah. Dern finally fucking won something. Yeah, what was I it for? Marriage Story. It was for Marriage Story. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, um, which she's great in. So. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm uh, I'm really glad she finally fucking won something. Uh, uh, or best actress. That's what she won, right? Best actress or best supporting actress? Best supporting actress. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I looked it up. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wild at Heart did win win the Palm Door at the 1990 Cannes Film Festival, and people were fucking pissed. Yeah. People like hate. Yeah. People were booing like mad. Um, he counted read, uh, over a hundred people walking out at one point and during a screening. I don't know how credible this is, but I read somewhere, uh, I think on Reddit or something that um, I want to say it was Roger Ebert. Is Roger Ebert the one that's like always wrong about David Lynch? Yeah, well, like, yeah. It, Roger yeah. Ebert has a weird gripe with David Lynch and has had a gripe with David Lynch. Yes. I read yeah. that Roger Ebert like led the booing at <laughs> <laughs> when they announced that this movie won the Palm Door. That's so I badass. I this this movie I it's okay. So I, when I was watching this movie, there were like it's not, but there were moments where I was like, "Fuck!" I think this might be like my favorite David Lynch movie. Whoa! No way. Yeah, this dude. is your. I, I really, really like this movie. Wow. No, it's it's not. But there were like points where I was like, I think this could be. This could be a contender. Now yeah. that I'm like rewatching everything, I think I like. I think I've kind of taken Wild at Heart for granted. Like yeah. now seeing it sort of in like the spectrum of like David Lynch's career up to this point and like what he's been doing, and now he's finally like cutting loose. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like this movie is fucking wild. Yeah. It's It's also at heart. <laughs> um, dude but yeah. so okay so here's my thing on on wild at heart 
I liked it better this viewing than I did my first viewing in college. I think I was paying more attention this time because I I remember the first time I saw this film, I was fucking lost. Like I just did not even know the vaguest idea of like what the plot was even about. And yeah. that wasn't giving it a fair shake because there is a plot and you can follow it. It's not actually that complicated. But um but so this is what Ebert wrote in the Chicago Sun Times circa 1990 about the film. He is a good director, yes. If he ever goes ahead and makes a film about what's really on his mind instead of hiding behind sophomoric humor and the cop-out of parody, he may realize Hi. that the early promise of, of his eraser head. But he likes the box office prizes that go along with his pop satires, so he makes dishonest movies like this one. That is what Ebert said about Wild at Heart. And Eric... Upon my second viewing, I lean more towards what Ebert wrote about Wild at Heart. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I lean more towards... I don't think this... This is definitely not my, my least favorite. It's just too much fun to be anyone's least favorite David Lynch film. But I am kind of like, this seems like a mess. It seems like a lot of cheap... It, se- it seems like there's not a lot of depth here. But I'm... I, I, so this might be the greatest divide we've had on a film yet. You, this being well, maybe your damn. favorite and this being maybe definitely my least favorite so far. The least favorite than, than Dune. Oh fuck. I forgot about Dune. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I can't, I'm sorry. I don't want to say anything. I can't take back. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but definitely, and, and not even close to Dune. I like this way, way, way more than Dune. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, but I, I'm not sure. This might be my second least favorite. I Damn. think Inland Empire is going to end up being my second least favorite, right? Because I couldn't even get through yeah. that one. But, uh, but let's let's get into <laughs> it because I I can't wait to hear what like what you loved and why you loved the film so much. Um, I'm hoping that you will uh, bring me around to your side. Okay, couple couple pieces of trivia real quick that I thought were funny. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, he tells us on the behind the scenes, uh, thing that, uh, uh, he, so when he was pissing in the toilet (laughs) in that scene, Mm -hmm. uh, when he's pissing, he, I get, he said that, uh, he drank a bunch of bottles of water yeah, so that he would (laughs) actually be, for some reason he like wanted to really be pissing during the scene. Yeah. And then after like doing all these different takes and like pissing a bunch in this toilet, he found out that the toilet was like not functioning <laughs> and a crew member had to like <laughs> scoop it all out or something. I don't know. But uh Wow. That yeah. is amazing. <laughs> uh Nick Cage said that Wild at Heart helped him get away from method acting because David Lynch uh would do spontaneous rewrites. Uh which I thought was kind of cool. I love uh, I love I this think- idea of it being something you need to you need help breaking like breaking away yeah, from yeah. yeah yeah that is cool actually that is cool yeah. um he's addicted because kubrick it. <laughs> does that too right kubrick does these like rewrites where i think it jack nicholson on the shining was like i did i just stopped bothering like learning lines before the day of because kubrick would just write new rewrite everything yeah mm-hmm. um yeah also laura dern broke her uh no nudity clause for the film uh, in a 1990 interview, she said, I'd never done nudity in a movie. I've never sort of condoned it for myself, but David wanted it and I was completely comfortable with it because 
that uh, that love story was so uh, protected. Huh. Which I think is interesting. That is that is cool. What do you think about the nudity in the film, Eric? Do you think it's um, gratuitous or well done or? I mean, there's definitely parts where I'm like, I don't know if that needed to be there, but yeah. I I actually I, I actually was one of my uh, non complaints about the film. Like I, I don't I like the the nudities didn't sat well with me. Actually, I liked it. I mean, this movie is like about sex kind of so yeah. it's like sort of like needs to yeah and there I, and I thought like everything shot with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern was very tasteful and like very cool like su- like hi- like super neo-noir with reds and blues and purples um, oh yeah I got kind of sick of their sex scenes over and over like I could have done with just one like I think I get the message they fuck a lot <laughs> early on yeah. but then like all the other nudity I was like really on board with like that weirdo who has all those topless women around. I was like, I, I it's, yeah. it was disturbing. And like that Texas porno hotel where all those yeah. like, uh, rather large naked women come out. I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is like, a like a John Waters film. It, it felt like, yeah. uh, I, I, I liked it. And it's like cabaret ness. Um, I forgot that that was Willem Dafoe, by the way. And like for a brief second, I was like, wait, John Waters? Is it, is <laughs> yeah. Because of the he mustache. He looks just it's like not. him. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the, t- the kind of fucked up teeth kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's dive into the plot of this bad boy. Uh, so lovers Sailor and Lula are separated after he's jailed for killing a man who attacked him with a knife. Yeah. So right off the bat, we get one of the most gr- hor- horrific, graphically violent uh, br- killings of a of a black man on the stairs of like what a ballroom or a party like uh yeah, nicholas he pulls out a knife situation? on nicholas cage and nicholas cage goes fucking berserk on this on this guy um yeah it's it seemed like uh well he the, the guy also like said something uh creepy to Lula, I can't yeah, remember exactly yeah. what he's. He like looks at her boobs and, and like says something, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, his like I don't know. It, it's uh, Nicholas Cage definitely went overboard here. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to like bash the guy's skull into the floor. It, it was insane. It was insanity. Times. Yeah, and yeah. and also it comes out of nowhere. I guess the whole film comes out of nowhere because this is the opening scene. We don't know who anyone is. Like this is like. No. Uh, uh, I, I will say I I and I think this is one of the weakest film openings I've maybe ever seen. Like it, okay. I would I would have turned this yeah. off immediately, just being like, not I. You're not. There's no way into this film. I I I thought it's like twenty minutes in. I think you even get like characters' names and stuff. Right. See, for me, it's like I'm like going into a David Lynch movie, and we're getting like heavy metal yeah right yeah, yeah just like crazy <laughs> yeah, heavy metal yeah. and just that one shot of Nicolas cage like leaned against the wall mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette and pointing yeah it's just fucking awesome dude. yeah it's, it's it like cool. so good yeah. yeah i mean that is cool and i think you're right like in the context of watching other of david lynch's works it, it is pretty cool it is pretty rock and roll <laughs> opening yeah uh but yeah like you know outside of that i was just like this is you've never they've never opened a film with this much yeah. um 
it, it was also like a lot of like characters we were supposed to have already known. It felt like we just didn't see a scene that came before it. Cause like we're introduced yeah. to Diane Ladd, Laura Dern and Nicholas Cage all in the same scene and they all know each other and they're all talking about something and we're not sure what any of it means yet. And I guess it does unfold as time goes on, but it was just, it was very jarring. Eric also, before we get too far into this, I wanted to mention like this movie is impossible to find. Like, unless you buy oh, really? it on Blu-ray or like, yeah, or DVD yeah. on Amazon. Oh, I didn't know that. I went to every streaming service. I mean, I went to the dregs of streaming services to try to find this. Huh. I went to Tubi. I went to go rent it from Amazon Prime. Nothing. Nowhere had... What? What'd you end up doing? I ended up... Um, <laughs> mm, mm. Oh, I okay. found it yeah, a different way. Borrowed, but, my, uh, borrowed my Blu-ray. Yeah, I borrowed your um, Blu-ray. You sent it to me. I remember? didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And I and uh, also there's another. There's a television show called Wild at Heart that made it uh, very frustrating <laughs> to like search for <laughs> this film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted yeah. to throw in that little tidbit. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, the uh, so the assailant is Bobby Ray Lemon. Uh, he was hired by Lula's mother, Marietta Fortune. I don't think we learn about that quite yet, but no. uh, see, that's what I so, mean. They're they're telling us now because we need to know it <laughs> in the plot, right, whereas the movie right. didn't tell us. Yeah, right. So Sailor gets released uh, from prison. Uh, Am I miss, missing anything in between there? I don't think so well no i mean he just calls he calls the house and uh diane lads oh, basically yeah, yeah. like don't you ever fucking see her again and uh and then laura turns at the top of the stairs and she's like who was that and then she's like yeah eh, you know who that was don't ever see him again laura Dern goes as it she says this is like, really cool there's a really yeah. cr- cheesy line in her deep southern accent where she's like mama as if <laughs> and like walks away it's like um yeah it's it's, Her, it's pr- trying to be like s- uber stylized right very stylized yeah, i yeah. think that's what i really like about this movie i also i do love specifically laura dern's accent but like all of the accents when she my favorite line is when she talks about like she'll be on on me like a duck like a duck on a, a June, June bug, bug or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, so, um, it's incredibly the, the craft of this film is doing, it's basically doing Tarantino before Tarantino does Tarantino. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like this is pre reservoir dogs, right? Uh, it has to be right. So. Unless, unless reservoir dogs was in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Reservoir Dogs so, is 92, so it's it's two 90. years before Reservoir Dogs comes out, which is when we okay. get a lot of this dialogue-heavy Tarantino sweeps the, the nation uh, sort of independent film resurgence. This is David Lynch doing a Tarantino film, like an early Tarantino film. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like it's like a, a road movie, a crime, a crime vibe road movie. I mean, okay... I was going to say this for later, but literally Tarantino writes true romance, a script that uh, Tony Scott ends up doing. Mm-hmm. That is this exact same movie. It is literally a couple who meets under circumstances, has an undying love for each other. The, the, the main character, Christian Slater is obsessed with Elvis. They go on the road together. Yeah. They're running from the cops and the mob and everyone's after them. 
it, it's it's exactly the exact if you've never seen true romance this is the exact same fucking movie just they just ripped it off and did it three years later Oh, True Romance is after this. Yes, right? True Romance is, is 93. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Uh, I forgot all those details, but that is that is nuts. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it is. It is it, I mean, like, literally, Christian Slater gets visited by Elvis at one point. Okay. I mean, there is, like, a, <laughs> there is, like, a one-to-one. And, and, like, the way Christian Slater talks to, you know, um, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. The girl in that uh, is exactly the same way that Nicolas Cage talks. Like they have all these platitudes and all these like the, these like weird, super macho, cool guy things that they've kind of rehearsed and like like to say over and over again, like catchphrases and stuff. Like it's it's mm. the same fucking movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Sailor gets released from prison. Lula picks him up. Uh, in a in a cool little uh, convertible there, and uh, he's got a, she's got a snakeskin jacket, of course. Uh, and uh, they go to a hotel where uh, she reserved a room, and uh, well, Jeremy, <laughs> they uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they, they go see the band Power Band. Yeah, yeah, Power Mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this dance scene is. Wacko. It's wild. I think we should mention. I think before this, we do find out about like uh, Lula's uh, being uh, uh, assaulted as a child. Um, there's there's like that moment, mm. um, which I think is kind of important. And uh, yeah, that's a weird scene because she's like, it's strange. He got. She's like, yes, he assaulted me, and mom never knew. But then, like, you cut to the scene and, like, her mom totally knew. And then the way they cut it is, like, they heavily imply the mom caused that car accident. Yeah. So why is she lying to Nicolas Cage about it? I'm asking Uh, this question because they don't answer it in the film. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm only I'm I'm asking because I thought maybe you might know, but like, yeah, if if there's not an obvious answer, I don't. I just don't think they answer. It's very it's a very strange scene, but yeah, it's like it's also very graphic. Like you don't see anything happen, but like they cut to her and her mouth is bleeding, and it's just like not what you want to see after hearing that info. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Um. But we do get to hear Nicolas Cage say "rocking good news," and yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that, that that makes it all that makes it all worth it. And, and this, you're right, this dancing is fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, I love it so much. There's th- these people, like these specific people, I like don't think exist in real life. Right? Um, maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I love the fight he gets into with that guy at the bar because it, oh, yeah. it doesn't end in like chaos. It's like a gentleman's brawl. <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of uh, What do you think of him doing uh, the Elvis Presley song? I love you... it. I love it. Okay. Yeah, I. You know, David Lynch is doing all of his fun David Lynch stuff in this movie. I will say that it's so charming to have. We should have a list by now, Eric. I'm thinking about putting together a list of like David Lynch stuff, but it's like, okay. it's like one is if a character starts to sing presumably out of nowhere, that's a David Lynch. If there's a if there's a random character we've never seen vacuuming an empty room, 
that's a David Lynch. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll get into more as we go. Yeah. Uh, characters watching TV or watching or listening to the radio uh, uh, alone <laughs> and, and, and humming to themselves. That's, that's a David Lynch. Um, so, yeah, there's something like interesting about just the way that this is done where it's it's not like a perfect like lip sync job and i don't think it's supposed to no you know what i mean like it sounds like we're listening to like a live elvis recording right and it's like supposed to be obvious that it is and nick cage is just like or sailor is just supposed to be like uh lip syncing to it or something i don't know it's it's very there's something weird about it it's cool it's 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 got a cool factor yeah Yeah. i mean i none of david lynch's lip syncs ever totally match up uh he i feel like he's constantly making fun of the facade of live performance like in mulholland drive he does it with the whole um there is no band, no Ibondo scene where it's like a mm. guy who's like supposed to be lip singing and then is not lip syncing. You know what I mean? Like, right. and then uh, a guy's playing the trumpet and then suddenly he's not playing the trumpet. And, and it's like, yeah, the whole idea is there is no band. I think he carries that through his work where we saw it in blue velvet mm-hmm. where he's like, the guy is like pretend singing into a lamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they go back to the motel room and they, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they listen to Sailor Power Lula, Man again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sailor and Lula finally decide to run away to California, uh, breaking Sailor's parole. Uh, Marietta arranges for, uh, private detective Johnny Farragut, her boy, her on and off boyfriend, Harry Dean Stanton, by the way. Uh, God, to find I love them, Harry Dean uh, Stanton. Uh, bring them back just an absolute legend dude he's so awesome didn't isn't david lynch's daughter the one who made the documentary about harry dean stanton oh i don't know i have no idea am i right about that i might be wrong about that but i know that there's been a documentary about harry dean stanton that has come out um but yeah i'll get more info on that as we go but i think yeah there's a there's a yeah uh harry dean stanton partly fiction um Director is Sophie Huber. So, not okay. his daughter. Uh, all right, but you still, heard it here first. But still folks, cool so. though. Still cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to Fairgoot, however, Marietta also hires uh, Marcelo Marcello Santos to track them and kill Sailor. Uh, Santos. By the way, what do you think of the? What do you think of uh fucking? Uh uh uh. Why am I blanking on his name? God damn it. Uh, what do you think of the music here, though? Very much like Audrey's dance, uh, in this scene with uh Marietta and and uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She's like crawling, and there's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Angelo Badalamenti, yes. Yes. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because it's very, it's very close to that, and it was kind of like, it was interesting to me. But uh, yeah. Santos's minions uh, capture and kill Farragut, uh, sending Marietta into a guilt-fueled psychosis. I guess that's what I'd call that, uh, rubbing lipstick all over her face and whatnot. 
Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, the film doesn't really call it that though. So we have no idea what's going on. We just see her yeah. mom start to fucking freak out, which is crazy. Cause like we see ba- almost back to back scenes of her hiring two different people to go after, uh, yeah. her, her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. And we don't know. Like I, I never got from that scene that Harry Dean Stanton was a private detective and I didn't necessarily get that Santos was a, was a killer, like a mobster or a gangster. I, I guess I got that from his demeanor that he was definitely, he was definitely, uh, yeah. he was definitely more serious than Harry Dean Stanton, but I didn't know. I, I was, I was unclear. Like why did she hire two people? Yeah, it is a little unclear. Um, it's a little unclear, but uh, I the the whole stuff with like calling, uh, like when he calls the Mister Reindeer guy, and he's like, "Oh, that guy's right. like yeah. taking a shit and watching like a naked woman, woman dance, dance, yeah, with to no music, um, yeah. that like that kind of thing, where like make a mysterious man making a mysterious phone call that, that is a that lynch. shit reminded me of Mulholland Drive yeah a lot. that that is in yeah. multiple that that is a, De- a David Lynch thing for sure it's oh, it yeah. is a it is a chain of phone calls that goes to nowhere really like it's just like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people call each other on the phone to deliver very minute pieces of information <laughs> yes yeah uh, so unaware of all the events happening back in uh, North Carolina Sailor and Lula continue on their way until According to Lula, they witness a bad omen, uh, the aftermath of a two-car accident, uh, and the only survivor, a young woman, uh, dies in front of them. What do you think of uh, What do you think of Sherilyn Fenn here? This was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Me too. This is my absolute, with hands down, my favorite scene in the in the movie. I thought this was un- incredible. It's unprecedented. It's a scene that I, I'm I the only the only scene I can even think that does something similar to this off the top of my head is like saving private Ryan or something when like the guy's walking around holding his arm or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of behavior that happens, right? It's, 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 it's the aftermath of a car accident where Sherilyn yeah. Finn is a survivor, but not for long. Like she is bleeding out and as she's no, bleeding out, she's, she's yeah, yeah, she's go- losing her mind. She's losing her mind. She's like saying it's like a weird ghost. Someone who's saying something that they remember from life but it's no longer a- applies here because she's yeah. talking about her purse and where's Robert and she needs her lipstick and stuff and she's dying in front of them. It is Eric. What did you think? It's fucking great. And it's like the middle of the night in the desert. Yeah. Uh, it just, it looks very good. Um, yeah. It's, it's like heartbreaking. It's like, it's it's yeah it's it's heartbreaking. Her yeah. performance is very good in this. I feel um, like this. It, it's all lit with, headlights of cars i mean it probably wasn't but it like has that feeling so Uh it's just really like dark and like like there's a lot of blackness in the background you know like Mm -hmm. it feels it felt very authentic it feels like something that like i don't know if you've ever been in a bad car accident eric have you ever been anything i have yeah have you were you with anyone um no okay So I, uh, I was in a car accident with a group of friends and everyone survived, but one guy, the, uh, one of the passengers in the car, his head went through one of the windows and he, he was fine. Like he was fine. It just had a little cut on his head, but he got out of the car and it was like, it was very much like this where he was just, he was like, just kind of like rambling. Yeah. He was screaming yeah. at me. 
rambling and screaming at me, but it was just like kind of incoherent and sort of about other stuff. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. Cause he was just traumatized. So it, yeah. it was, um, yeah, it very much reminded me of this scene, which I, I, I love very much. And I love it's that it comes good. out of nowhere. I love that it's with people we don't, we didn't, we don't know. And we will never see again. It doesn't really yep. have hold bearings onto the story other than this is something that our main characters had to go through. Exactly. Uh, so with little money left, Sailor uh, heads t- for Big Tuna, Texas, where he contacts old friend uh, Perdita Durango, who might uh, be able to help them, although she secretly knows he is under con- uh, contract to be killed by Lula's mother. So this is Isabella Rossellini's character. Right. Um, she looks great in this, by the way. Very yeah. good performance. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's yeah. so funny because in Blue Velvet, she's supposed to be the object of desire, but her hair is so fucked up in that movie. I know. <laughs> that it's like, it's, it's really weird because she does not look great. Like she just looks no. kind of insane in, in, in yeah. Blue Velvet. But in this, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. get it. I get it. Um, and I can't remember if we got to this at this point in the plot, uh, but Grace Zabritsky as uh, the woman who's like got Harry Dean Stanton tied up. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, fucking like she just kills it in like everything. I don't think I've seen her in anything non David Lynch related, but like everything she does in David Lynch world is like. <laughs> Fucking, she just cranks it up to eleven. She's so good in this. Yeah, I mean, it's, I have a feeling uh, they're not haunting. gonna they're not gonna mention it in the Wikipedia, but we should go through that scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, kind of, I guess maybe you want me to set it up, and then maybe you can knock it out. Set the scene. Okay, baby. so the scene is basically this. So, while this is happening, before they get to Big Tuna, Texas, in parallel, they go to New Orleans, and when they're while they're in New Orleans. Harry Dean Stanton is chasing after them because the mom played by Diane Ladd named Marietta fortune, (laughs) uh, hired, hired him to do that. But she's now worried because she hired a gangster to kill him too, for some fucked up reason. So she now regrets that and flies to new Orleans to stop it from happening. They actually meet up, have dinner, and then when they get back to the hotel, uh, he's bagged. Like, Terry Dean Stanton is, is like, uh, kidnapped. And we get this scene downstairs with uh, Marietta Fortune and uh, Marcelo Santos that's pretty weird, where he's basically like, you're mine now. Like, you're my girl now. Something just crazy. But, um, but yeah, uh, Santos's minions are Grace Zabrinsky and this black guy that I've seen before, is he, who is this guy? Do you, do you uh, remember? Who? I did not recognize. Is him, he the think. candy man? <laughs> oh, he, that's a good question. I don't know. But it, either way, uh, they kidnap him. And then this is, for me, the most disturbing scene in the whole film that happens is the kidnapping scene with... Um, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, where he's tied up and they're pressing him for information. Is that correct? You could pretty much take it from here. Yeah, I think that's it. They just press him for for information and then start making out <laughs> like 
right next to his head. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly like the contents of like what, because he doesn't say anything. He's he's he, he's tied up and got has duct tape with a little kiss mark, lips mark on it the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if there's any like important information coming out of that. I don't moment. think so. It's just no. an absolute insane fucking like, um, like I don't know, like hell trip or something. It actually felt very Mandy like to me, where it was all okay. kind of a neon, uh, a lot of erratic behavior, a lot of like kissing with guns, holding while holding guns and stuff, and like. And then, yeah, he fucking dies. Like, that guy ends up killing... Yeah. Oh, and you know who's in this scene, too? Is Jerry, Uncle Jerry from Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, again, it's like yeah. just the weirdest shit ever where a guy is like... <laughs> <laughs> they're all, like, dancing, and then suddenly you see him like start to, like, walk away. And then, Eric, that's the last time you see Grace Zabrinsky in this movie. I know. There's no uh, yeah. fucking re like as much as I loved that scene. Well, it haunted me, but I did like it. But as much as I liked it, there was no reason for it. There's no reason for Harry Dean Stanton to be in the movie. Here's uh so this is something that's worth noting. Uh, probably the original cut of this film. So David Lynch, like he had final cut of this movie. But he was also under obligation by the studio to keep it at around two hours long. And his cut, much like all of his movies, his first cut was like four hours long. Um, awesome. And I have heard, I do have all of the deleted scenes on my Blu-ray disc. Have not watched any of them yet. But uh, I have heard that there is like... Uh, uh, there is maybe once you see all those deleted scenes, a better version of this movie that's a little bit more co- coherent. Okay, um, yeah, that would that than, w- than what we finally get. Did you- also this movie like post production literally wrapped like one day before Cannes, um, really? so it was very rushed. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I'm like making excuses oh, for no, no, it. No, 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 just, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it feel it, you can feel it. So it's that you that, can. that is interesting. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Um, in the cut, so on the Blu-ray, does it have an extended cut? Uh, I don't believe it has. Maybe it does. I I know it has like tons of deleted scenes. Yeah, lots and lots of deleted scenes. I, I don't <laughs> know about an extended cut. I also feel like uh, we should, before we move on to, we should also talk about the Crispin Glover cameo. Yeah, because that does happen, and. I only me- I only mention it because they make a really big deal about him being in this movie since he is billed literally fifth. He's billed before <laughs> Diane Ladd. Yes. So you're thinking, okay, Crispin Glover is going to be a huge fucking. <laughs> he's going to be a huge fucking part of this, yes. and you can barely recognize him. Right. Yeah. So you you explain what happens. <laughs> you can barely recognize him. He plays like an insane cousin who we see <laughs> in like. Just like a little like subplot that like doesn't really connect to anything else other than just like a weird thing that Laura Dern's character is telling Nicolas Cage. But he puts he's just like this crazy guy who like puts uh like cockroaches in his underwear and shit and like wa- like stands around on the sidewalk and like asks people how they're doing. And uh I can't remember like what else like <laughs> did she explain like what made him that way? Wasn't he like 
obsessed with aliens or something. He was obsessed like he with Christmas, went. remember? Like it starts oh, Christmas. out with like yeah, yeah, yeah. they called him uh, Jingle Dale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He he just it's just Crispin Glover being kind of insane. Like he like kind of playing into that tropic Crispin Glover thing where we're like, oh yeah, he's a nut. He's a, he's a, he's uh off his rocker. But then he's yeah, you don't really rock. see him do anything. He makes a sandwich. He, yeah. he like, uh, he's obsessed with black gloves. He thinks they belong to aliens. <laughs> so he like keeps it like in a little, like, uh, like he has like yard sticks. He's like made into like a little square on the floor and he keeps it in like those, that parameter it's just it's just strange like four or five strange scenes in a row it must have taken a day to shoot that he said in the a little behind the scenes documentary i watched that uh david lynch is the most like uh precise director he's ever worked with and he like cited the scene where he's cutting sandwiches Mm -hmm. where david lynch was like Gave him like really, really specific instructions on like how to cut the sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. But I will say like his one line, I'm making my lunch, uh-huh. is like delivered so well. Like yeah. I can hear it in my head right now. Just how he's a very good like yeller, like upset yell voice yes. guy. It's, he's, it's, he's, he's a really interesting part of Hollywood culture. Like, you know what I mean? Like, his Slenderman appearances are always super insane. The fact yeah. that he was cast in such a huge, high-profile movie when he was such a weirdo all along is so fun, crazy about Crispin Glover. You know, this is something to think about in, you know, after we're done with Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch in eight months. Uh <laughs> Crispin going through Crispin Glover's career. Oh my god! Yeah, interesting. Yeah, going crazy for Glover, or no, going. He's crazy for Crispin. He he has sixty nine credits. Some of these are a lot of these are TV shows, I guess. Um, Oh yeah, I mean, just going through the early ones would be fun enough. Like, oh yeah, what what was he like before Back to the Future? What's he like after Back to the Future? Anyways, uh, you gotta love Crispin Glover. He's a he's a fun he's a he's a fun name to see pop up on any uh, any credit scroll. But don't be fooled. <laughs> he's he might be fifth. Uh, build fifth. <laughs> he is not the fifth most important character in this film. <laughs> right. Uh, so sailor. So we meet Bobby Peru. Uh, in this hole, they're out. They're outside. Uh. Drinking whiskey there. We hear we hear about the porno being filmed at the yeah. at this place. Do you want to go through all Bobby of the Peru. the murderers row of, of cameos we get at this at this little drinking this little oh, outdoor yeah. party? So we get uh, well, we get Eraserhead there. Uh, why am <laughs> Jack I Nance, <laughs> our, our friend Jack Nance, of course. Yeah. Who else do we got? We got John Lurie, uh, the yes. um, the musician, very famous musician who. Uh, had a really amazing show. Not sure how they got this on the air called Fishing with John, where he would take yes. uh, not even celebrities. He would take his friends in the business and they would go on like a fishing or hunting trip. Some of the guests on his show were Tom Waits, Jim Jarmusch, Matt Dillon, <laughs> uh, just like weirdos from that would have all been hanging out together around this time, including, I don't think David Lynch was a guest, but David Lynch very well could have been a guest. 
on that show. Uh, John Lurie is like, uh, he's a main staple in a lot of Jim Jarmusch films. Mm. Um, uh, I think Willem Dafoe was a guest on, on the show fishing with John. Um, but, uh, we also get, uh, what's his name? Pruitt. Um, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, who is a, uh, he's the guy in the cowboy hat. He is like a, a character actor who, has been in a ton of stuff, uh, some Coen Brothers stuff. You might have seen him in like uh, Identity. <laughs> he played uh, okay. the guy who was the ep- Identity. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's and then um, there's a couple other people that I'm not quite sure who they are, but I'm sure. Again, it, it seemed like Lynch was casting of a certain ilk. Like he was casting people that were like friends with each other that like were in the same like creative scene. Like this mm. would have been the same scene that Dennis Hopper was in. Um, yeah. Cause like the, yeah, the guests that uh, fishing with John hap- uh, has on his show is Jim Jarmusch, Matt Dillon, Tom Waits, Willem Dafoe and Dennis Hopper. Those are his six episodes where he like takes Dennis Hopper, like alligator fishing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess yeah. that, that sounds uh, like a good time. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, this was a, this was like a really interesting, this, this film has just been so interesting to like make, like, I wonder what was going on in Lynch's head. I wonder like what, why the vibe is so, um, you know, like 1970s and eighties artistic, like New York, like counterculture artists, yeah. you know, it, it's so weird. And then they bring them all to the South. It's, it's just such a, odd aesthetic but i wouldn't have been surprised if a guy like tom waits would have shown up in yeah this or something i will say all these characters are like i could see all these characters at like a trailer park in uh are we in texas at this point right or yeah, uh, louisiana or something um yeah it's uh, 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 uh i also like the, the fucking the landlord guy or like the guy the land the guy who like owns runs the place or whatever is very cool yeah uh so sailor agrees to join up with bobby peru in a feed store robbery lula waits for him in the hotel room trying to conceal that she is pregnant with sailor's child uh so i think wikipedia leaves this out but uh bobby peru assaults uh lula Mm uh in a very fucked up (laughs) uh scene that uh you simply cannot unsee it's like (laughs) very 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 terrifying just uh i think i was like trying to fall asleep after watching this and i just could not stop hearing willem defoe whispering the words fuck me i know it well it's also very frank right yeah It, it it just it felt like um another frank type character which right. was very interesting because like Frank is like to me is like an icon, whereas like Bobby Peru is like in some ways much more effective, but that also come means he's much more like fucked up, if that makes sense. Like I I, yeah. I, I hate this character more or I'm less inclined to um appreciate this character more. It's like it was like almost too grounded. Like Frank is like a, a, yeah. a insane and obscene. But yeah, but this, Bobby, Bobby <laughs> Peru is just a fucking scumbag. Yeah, uh, it, it felt it felt very real to me this scene, and it was just like ugh, like very grimy. 
what happened. Yeah, it's always kind of upsetting to me because like every, whenever I watch this movie and I see I see Bobby Peru come up, uh, he's just he's so he's I I I just love this character so much, and then when that happens, you're just like, well, I can't really. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This this just like objectively an unlikable person now. I I, um, I mean he is like he does still have that Frank thing where. I do like him like as a villain. Like, I mean, I appreciate like how cool he is, even though he's like David Lynch makes really cool villains who also look disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like he looks, his teeth are so fucked up in this. He has this little pencil dick mustache and he just like, yeah. but he's just somehow like, he's like another version of Nicolas Cage where he says a bunch of cool shit. You know what I mean? He acts and moves yeah. real cool. Um, yeah, in the documentary, Willem Dafoe said, uh, I don't know when that documentary was from. Uh, it seemed like it was from the 90s, but he said that most of the people that recognized him like mentioned Bobby Peru. Oh, really? Like, the first thing, yeah. That's crazy. Um, well, this movie did actually pretty well. We didn't mention that up top, but yeah. it had a budget of $10 million, brought back uh, 14.6 domestic. Yeah, which is... Uh, uh, you know, that's a, it's a different time now, but that's about what I bring home every night. Uh, <laughs> day, yeah. That's how work. much it costs to go to Taco Bell these days. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And that's just for a drink. Uh, while sailor is out, uh, Peru enters We're you know, it is a nighttime, Jeremy. We can, uh, we can have a couple bad jokes. Uh, sailor is out. Peru enters the uh, room. Okay. So we talked about this. Uh, Lula, uh yeah, we talked about all that. The robbery goes uh, spectacularly wrong when Peru unnecessarily shoots two clerks. Right. We don't even talk. We didn't even mention that. But I mean, uh, so what Peru does is he like molests his uh, Lula, and then he finds Sailor and asks him to go to drinks. Yeah. Right. Yes, and then basically coerces him into uh, robbing a fucking bank or some shit yeah yeah which is like it's it's so crazy and happens so fast and then he kind of pits nicholas cage against um laura dern because he like remember like nicholas cage comes back all drunk and he's like now he knows that she's pregnant but she didn't tell right him. yeah 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 um well although we find out that laura dern's pregnant before this don't we doesn't she like tell him and then or is this that moment where she says she's like gonna have an abortion yeah whatever. Uh, yeah yeah by the way that that shot of one of my favorite shots is when laura dern's uh getting an abortion and we just see her face through mm-hmm. the uh the little magnifying glass thing yeah uh very good yeah peru then admits to sailor he's been hired to kill uh him and sailor realizes he has been given a pistol with dummy ammunition. Uh, chasing Sailor out of the store, Peru is about to kill him when the sheriff's deputy open fires on him, and Peru accidentally blows his own head off with yeah. the shotgun. Uh, the um, deleted... I did watch this deleted scene. Uh, the original version is uh, far more graphic. Really? Believe it or not. What, yes. What, how could it be? <laughs> It's just, I, that's just the only way to put it. It's mm. just, the same thing happens. It's just more like blood and brains and uh, I don't, I can't remember exactly what you see in the original cut, but uh, yeah, 
it's very disgusting. Uh, I kind of like that he meets his end to this like little small town sheriff guy. Like I like that yeah. I like that the sheriff just takes care of it because you fully expect the sheriff to get shot in this scene because Peru oh, yeah. comes out like a wild animal. He's all like, yeah, like he's not effective as a criminal at all. He like just goes gun crazy, shoots way too many people, and then gets killed himself. It's like oh, this yeah. guy actually sucked <laughs> at uh, being a bank robber. Uh, Sailor is arrested and sentenced to six years in prison. Uh, while Sailor is in jail, Lula has their child. Upon his release, Lula decides to reunite with him, uh, rejecting her mother's objections over the phone. She throws water over her mother's photograph and goes to pick up Sailor with their son. Which I guess Uh, that means that the abortion scene was like a dream. Like she was having a... Yeah. Actually, I thought that was like a flashback to like she had an abortion from when she was Uh, assaulted. Ooh, okay. Maybe it was. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, and then when when they uh, meet Sailor, he reveals he will be leaving them both, uh, having decided while in prison that he isn't good enough for them. Uh, while he is walking a short distance away, Sailor encounters a gang who surrounds him. Uh, this is cool. <laughs> yes, this is all the diversity from the entire yeah. uh, film they put into yeah. this gang of guys. <laughs> Uh, he insults them and, uh, there is something maybe questionable about, uh, sort of the diversity in a lot of David Lynch stuff, maybe. (laughs) I don't know if that's something that people don't talk about a lot, but I think it's, I think it's worth pointing out, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, I don't know uh, yeah. if it's necessarily like... I. You know what? This is so funny because I, I actually forgot that, that I was going to bring yeah. that up on a different episode. But then, yeah, this, this reminded me of it. Just making that joke just now reminded me of it where it's like, he actually doesn't use a lot of people of color in his films at all. Yeah. Like all of Twin doesn't. Peaks. <laughs> There's one person of color and she's a villain. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, something to... Uh, I don't know. People don't talk about that very much. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's he, strange. He, uh, I wonder what what gives about that. I wonder if he's just like a weird Midwestern guy who just doesn't think about it. I mean, God forbid, hopefully it's not intentional, but... Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't know. Um, Sailor uh, insults them and they quickly knock him out. While unconscious, he sees a vision <laughs> in the form of uh, Glinda the Good Witch, mm-hmm. our, our girl Cheryl Lee, uh, looking just dynamite, uh, tells <laughs> tells him, don't don't turn away from love, sailor. Uh, Cheryl Lee, terrified of heights, and uh, when she, she was like telling the story of David Lynch asking her to do this, mm. uh, she was like, David Lynch called me, and he was like, I got, I got a role for you, and she's like, that's great, David, I'll do anything you tell me to. And he's like, okay, great. We're going to hang you uh, 50 feet in the air <laughs> from a fucking uh, clothesline or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when he awakens, uh, he apologizes to the men, tells them he realizes the error of his ways, <laughs> uh, then runs after Lula. Uh, the photograph of Marietta in Lula's house sizzles and vanishes. Uh, as there is a traffic jam on the road, Sailor begins to run over the roofs and hoods of the cars. To get back to Lula and their child uh, in the car, uh, Sailor sings Love Me Tender. 
uh, having earlier said he would only sing that song to his wife. And that's it. That's it. That that's, is uh, uh, Lolita. That is the movie Lolita by Stanley Kubrick. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel about the same about this movie as I did before we started this. Yeah. I, I, a little bit more insight maybe, but um, yeah, I guess I think that this film is really fun. It's like one of the most fun of David Lynch's movies to watch. It's a road movie. It is a, and if people don't know what that means, it's like literally watch the movie road trip. Like it's about a road movie is just a, a film where the main characters are traveling the whole time. Oh brother, where art thou? was a road movie. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, this is one of those and it's really fun. It's got a great soundtrack. The cast is absolutely, it, it's like a joke. It's like, how did he get this many fantastic weirdos? in one place at one time. Uh, that being said, what a mess. The plot is very hard to follow. Even if, even if you know what's going on, it will have you asking lots of different questions. You feel like there might be a metaphor here and it is sort of like wizard of Oz, but not, not enough to really even justify its few references that it has about wizard of Oz. I almost feel like that sends you down a, uh, a, a bad rabbit hole to, to know that going in because you'll be searching the whole movie for like wh- where's the tin man what wh- who's the scarecrow supposed to be you'll be searching the whole time for like it to it to fulfill that sort of thing and it, and it really doesn't it just it's just like some of the characters kind of act like like uh they fulfill the same the same like characters that might be might you might see in wizard of oz but I think that it's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of harmless, other than the problematic parts of it. It's it's just like a really fun, violent, gory. You know, we're ending the '80s strong, and we're going into the '90s uh, with a bong, right? It's like, um, oh, yeah. it's like a, a lot, like it kind of the precursor to a lot of like these rated R films of the nineties, which I've always uh, contended are much more violent and sexual than films that come out like post nineties into the two thousands, like rated R movies in the nineties are a stronger R than rated R movies are today. (laughs) Mm. But um, Eric, what'd you think? You know, after like trying to like going through the plot and trying to explain things, I think, uh, I think I like this movie like maybe a little less than <laughs> before, <laughs> before talking about it. I think, you know what I think it is, is like, this is a, I think a, I just kind of like overlooked this movie and it is like better than I've been giving it credit for. But I think I just finally like it, it's something locked in my brain when I was watching it where I was like, oh yeah, this is like pretty cool on its own. I never, I don't know, for whatever reason, I've always kind of, this has never been up there in like my favorite David Lynch movies. And I think I finally just like really started to appreciate it on this watch, I guess. Um, I think everything you say is like, is pretty, is, is valid and and very understandable. Um, I think really what I, what really like captivates me about this movie is truly just the aesthetics, the performances uh, from pretty much everyone and not so much story. Uh, I think I just, this like, is like very, it's like candy for the eyes. It's just like, uh, I'm having like 
It's, I'm getting like a sugar rush from it. Right. Just, just watching it. I don't know. Just all the colors and, you know, specifically like when Grace Zabritsky has Harry Dean Stanton tied up and there's all these like neon colors and he's got the pink lipstick on the duct tape and I don't know. There's all these just, it, it, it just, it's just like very, I can't like look away from it. It just like looks very good. Cheryl Lee as the good witch. I mean, it's, it's, it just looks great. I think that's I think that's kind of what it boils down to for me. I do think the story is uh you're right. It's 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 a bit of a mess, but uh I do like this movie a lot. I'm a big fan. And uh next week we will be uh going back to our Kubrick rewatch or for this <laughs> for me this is for you, this will be a rewatch, I think. For me, never seen Doctor Strange Love. Whoa, before. no way. I know. I know. Oh it's my one of those God. movies where this I'm is, like, this is one of my favorites. I, I cannot this. wait. This is this I'm is excited. A, this is a high watermark for me. Uh, Doctor Strange Love. I think I put I rank Doctor Strange Love higher than I think a lot of a lot of movies you might you might be shocked to find out. Okay. But more about that what, next week. What do you think is better? Uh, Doctor Strange Love or Wild at Heart? Uh, Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but um, but Wild at Heart, I still I would put Wild at Heart above a lot of the Kubrick movies we've covered already, though. If that you know, to be fair, uh, yeah, yeah, I put it above Spartacus. I put it above you know Killer's Kiss. I put it above yeah, probably even I'd the put killing. It above Lolita. Yeah, I put it above Lolita. Sure. Um, the only thing I wouldn't put it above maybe is Paz of Glory. I think that might be a better better movie but you, you know, know i might actually put it i might um, above I might. paths it might it might go above paths of glory for me too we haven't i mean we're just now into the kubrick stuff which is like i love how we're doing that in tandem with getting into the 90s david lynch stuff which is very um high octane <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. uh it's a different lynch than we've seen before you see a little bit of oh, it in yeah. blue velvet but really from wild at heart through into mulholland drive which mm-hmm. you only get a couple of things in there. It, it's like very wild and out. But I want to I want to oh. push for how does the how does your Blu-ray look, Eric, of Wild at Heart? Fantastic! It does it looks great. Okay, yeah. because I, I was watching a 720p cut of it, which is okay. What I was able to grab. Um, yes, but I want to get my hands on that 1080p native blu-ray because it did not satisfy it just the colors it just looked like a little bit like vhs-y so okay i'm gonna yeah, try yeah, to yeah. i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get this blu-ray and and check it out it's a good blu-ray um good feature they got some good feature you know it's not a criterion but it's it's uh what's the other one what's the uh the fucking um Ah, oh, there's another. There's another one. There's another uh, like, uh, Criterion competitor. Competitor. Scream Factory or something? Is that what it's Scream, called? Scream Factory. I don't know. <laughs> that would be awesome if that's what it was. Uh, if that was what it was called. Scream um, Factory. Uh, it is something. It is something dumb like that. I don't that, know. Though. But Man, anyway, there's this two hundred dollar David Lynch box set on. Uh, I know. On Amazon. Oh, I kind of want it. I know. God damn it! There's a big, there's a big Kubrick one as well. I know, I've... I saw that. There's also a big Herzog one. Ugh. Jesus Christ! Too much. Um, yeah. 
Scream Factory. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, whatever. Uh, fucking uh, listen to our episode next week. Uh, it's gonna be great. Doctor Strange Love. Uh, and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Sign up for our Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy. And Norma. I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you.